Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. Ninety percent of my information comes from me, my opinion, and other information comes off the internet. Um, this is episode number twenty four. Uh, December 24th, 2019. And once again, I'm going to keep saying thank you for the uh, support, tremendous support that um, the subscribers have given me as far as listening to my podcast and rate, review, subscribe. I appreciate that. And YouTube, I appreciate the support on YouTube. Um, Wanted to go in a different direction today. And first of all, uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. It's Christmas Eve. Thank you for listening. Wanted to go in a different direction with today's show. I'm still going to highlight one offensive player, one defensive player. But I'm going to start with my vision for the football-only facility or football center. What I would do if I was – if I had – if I had say over how it would look and how I could attract top level recruits. All right. Um, first and foremost, it would be open 24 seven to my football players. So you would have to hire the adequate amount of security staff and uh, food service staff and, um, you know, proper cameras and everything like that to make sure it could operate 24-7. So that would be first and foremost. Um, uh, Football players would have their, use their ID cards, their student IDs to get in, to swipe in and out. Um, uh, There would be a penalty for letting other people use your ID card to get into this football-only facility. If a player does that, no other personnel is allowed, uh, not personnel, but students and other athletes. This is a football only facility. Can't put emphasis enough on that unless approved by the head coach or athletic director, athletic director, yada, yada, yada. Um, First and foremost, or secondly, I should say, I would have a humongous cafeteria. Okay. And needless to say, there would be all kinds of stuff on the menu. And a player could just walk up and say, hey, I want a taco or, hey, I want fried chicken or whatever. And that staff would prepare that for him. Uh, Humongous building. This has to be a humongous building. I'm thinking, you know, at minimum 70, 80,000 square feet. And that's not including the football fields and things of that nature. Um, Plush offices for staff. Every coach should have like a humongous office. You know, you want your recruits to be impressed when they go in and speak to their position coach. You don't want your recruits to go in and your position coach has a, a closet for an office, you know. 
You want it to be state of the art. You want it to be plush. You want it to be stylish. You want to, you know, impress, shock and awe the recruit. Um, Olympic style weight room. I mean, <clears throat> I can't put emphasis on this enough. You need, I would say, 20 squat racks, 20 benches, you know, uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, dumbbells, you know, maybe 200 to 300 dumbbells. I mean, numerous upon numerous plates. I mean, just just a state of the art weight room. Multiple film rooms. I would say at least between five and ten um, film rooms so each position coach can have their own individual film room to break down the film with their pers- uh, respective uh, players. Um, large arcade area. Extra large. Everything is extra large. Humongous. Okay. Uh arcade area um this would be like a relaxed place for the uh football players um leather couches arcade games ps4 uh when ps5 comes out put that in there xbox one x put that in there xbox you know one everything um humongous tvs i mean minimum 70 inches um State-of-the-art medical uh, and treatment rehab area. Um, Whatever the standards are for that type of area, we want state-of-the-art for that. Extra-large patio and grilling area. And a swimming pool. I mean, Olympic-style swimming pool. This, again, this is going to bring in the top-level recruits. Extra large lockers with Florida State themed recliner chairs, big screen TVs, wireless charging ports, um, individual compartments for personal belongings, and let's see, indoor track. Okay, so players can run and stay in shape. Uh, extra large, extra large pods, basically like an area, like a bed that can close in and a player can uh, rest in between practices and, you know, film study, whatever. Any kind of spare time or layover time they have in between activities. Um, bowling alley and movie theater. Again, things like this will bring recruits in when a, when a, <clears throat> when a recruit. I can't even talk. When a recruit comes on campus, you want to thoroughly impress him. And things of this nature would do that. And that's just a few ideas that I have. Obviously, you want to have multiple practice fields. Okay. Obviously, you want state-of-the-art equipment as far as being able to track um, everything that your players do on the field. Cameras. Everything. So um, if, if Florida State can put in that kind of money and that kind of effort into a football only facility, we'll get top guys. 
Um, next, I wanted to go in the direction of which was the better looking championship trophy, the college football playoff trophy or the old school crystal football or as it's called the American Football Coaches Association National Championship Trophy. So I'll read off my thoughts on the AFCA National Championship Trophy. Beautiful trophy. Crystal, iconic football. Uh, note, when you touch the crystal, it might be like fingerprints on it and stuff. But when it's presented on national TV, you can't see that. So I think that's a plus. It's still awarded to this day to the top team after the college football playoff is complete. It weighs 45 pounds. College football uh, playoff trophy. Ugly trophy. Don't like it. Weirdly shaped trophy. Finger smudges, fingerprint smudges all over trophy after it's presented. Presented. Um, I would like to know who designed it because obviously having a beautiful trophy wasn't in mind. Materials, 24 karat gold, bronze, and stainless steel. Weighs 300 pounds. I mean, uh, 30 pounds. Um, so if I have to choose which one looks better, um, I'm going to go with the old school design. I just feel like, I just feel like it's just iconic. I mean, that, they should have kept that trophy. You could have still did a college football playoff and kept that trophy. But I guess the powers that be wanted to put their own spin on things. So. Next, I'm going to go into spotlighting one offensive player and one defensive player. My offensive player is going to be Keyshawn Helton. He got injured this year. And these are my thoughts on him. Fast player. Great hands. Good return man. Good route runner. Good slot receiver. Changes directions really well. Not a good blocker. Undersized receiver. receiver. Bubble screen ace. Strong player for his size. Plays with attitude. Um, if he can fully recover from his injury, I think he has a great career ahead of him. NFL comparison, Julian Edelman. Okay, Keyshawn Helton, um, you know, his first year, his second year, I mean, he to me, he played great. He was the only guy that was out there. And that his his freshman year in that Clemson game where we got boat race, he was the only guy that was really taking it to him. He was just, he wasn't afraid. Everybody else seemed afraid. Um, so I think if he can fully recover from that injury, man, the sky's the limit for him. Um, next guy I want to look at is Cyrus Fagan. Uh, safety. Uh, great ball skills. He has trouble catching interceptions. See uh, Louisville game. Great tackler. Great instincts. Great size for a safety. Can play either safety, either safety position. Has decent speed. Agility is okay. Will be in contention for a starting safety spot. Will take on bigger players. Needs to play smarter and stay in control. Could be a day two pick in the NFL draft. NFL comparison. Patrick Chung. Um... This guy improved tremendously. Um, If he could have played the whole season, he could have made an argument for most improved player on the team. Um, The sky's the limit for him, man. 
if he comes and uh, puts in max effort and get his head on straight, he's gonna play. He's gonna play. You can't keep him off the. You can't keep him off the field. Um, lastly, I wanted to do a comparison between the West Coast offense and the spread RPO and read option games. First and foremost, any offense can work if you have talent. That's what everything is predicated on. So assuming that in this comparison that the talent is equal, um, I'm going to give you the um, what I like about or what I like and don't like about each offense. West Coast offense, tight end heavily used. Spread offense, tight end not really used. West Coast offense, fullback heavily used. Uh, spread RPO read option, fullback non-existent. Um, Bill Walsh is credited with starting this offense. He was he's under the Sid Gilman coaching tree. the The advent of the spread is created by a guy named Rusty Russell, uh, starting in 1927. So, ironically, the spread has a longer history than the West Coast offense. Um, start the West Coast offense was started in Cincinnati in 1969. Um, the the um spread really hit its stride under Sid Gilman and Don Coriel or Air Coriel. Um, Joe Montana was the first QB to be a you know, Hall of Fame success in this offense. He really took it to the next level. The spread offense model is heavily heavily dependent on the quarterback. If the quarterback has a bad day, you're gonna have you're gonna have a bad day on offense. Um, pro form formation or split is the go to formation for the West Coast offense. The go-to formation for the spread is usually three receivers, one back, one tight end. Um, Must have a center in the spread to get good snaps. If you have a bad center, it's not going to work. West Coast offense uses five-step drops, motions, and shifts a lot. Um, Spread formation, harder to sell play action, usually hurry-up philosophy. And the spread can't eat up clock. Um, no drop needed because you're already in the shotgun. Um, the West Coast offense creates better mismatches via deception. Um, continuing with the um, contrast comparison, um, West Coast offense, short, accurate passes needed can wear a defense out. Um, spread RPO option. QB reads defensive end linebacker decides to keep ball or hand off ball based off defender's read. RPO. QB makes a decision either to run or throw in a play with options for both. Small schools use this offense to be more competitive. It, offsound, it offsets a, the talent discrepancy. Um, the West Coast offense relies on a athletic offensive line. You don't really have to be a a road grader to be in the West Coast offense. You just have to be athletic. 
Um, simple playbook. QB gets hit more via bootlegs and rollouts. So my winner off of this is going to be the West Coast offense. It can deceive defenses better. QB doesn't have to have a cannon arm to be a success, a success in this offense. Fullback tight end are used a lot. The offense had this offense has more championships than the spread RPO and read option. If you've been watching pro football lately, and I have, your some of your teams are going back to the quarterback going under center instead of the uh, shotgun, and I just hope that it trickles down to college football. I love, I love, um, you know, ground and pound football. I don't like all this spread RPO read option stuff. Um, So that's going to do it for episode 24. Hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Um, This podcast is available on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. Thank you for your tremendous support and go Knowles.